Welcome to First Love Online Church with Nyral and O.C. Burnett. Flock is a ministry of First Love Fellowship whose mission is to win the church to Christ through unceasing prayer, intentional discipleship, and missional living. You can support the mission of First Love Fellowship by texting 918-300-4680 or by going to our website at wearefirstlove.com. Trusting God Without Losing Your Mind, Part 1, is this week's message. Join Elder O.C. Burnett as she shares. Hello, everyone. We are back again. Welcome to First Love Online Church. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening to us. Thank you for praying for us. We are excited. This is a great day. It's a great day to serve the Lord. It's a great day to speak about the Word of God. It's cold outside here in Oklahoma, and everybody's loving it except me because I like my I like my peace. I like my hot weather. But thank you for joining us. Thank you for um, being part of First Love Fellowship. Um, today is a special day. Just want to give a quick shout out to Pastor Nairo and wish him happy birthday. We love him. He's an amazing father. He's an amazing husband. And he's an amazing pastor. I'm so grateful that the Lord blessed me with a husband in whose heart there is no guile. I love it. I, I love him. And we just want to wish you a wonderful, wonderful, happy birthday. And um, if you want to say anything to him or just write something to him, just go on one body and just, you know, you can send him a personal message right there. Um, and uh, just bless him. Hallelujah. So I just wanted to talk to you this morning. And um, we're going to continue the topic that we, talk, we talked about, about faith. It was pretty intense on Friday. But I don't want to, I don't want to just, I don't want to be intense unless, the, I mean, it's the Holy Spirit. You know, um, it's not that I don't want to be intense. It's an intense topic. It's an intense topic. So it's, I'm not trying to not make it intense. You know, people would try to dumb down things because oh, people, people just, people need to hear. No, people need to hear that they need to repent. Because there's a heaven to shun, a hell to shun and a heaven to gain. So let's um, not dumb down the word and say we just want to make it light. I do want to talk. I want to talk to you because I want to reason with you. I want to make sure that you are hearing. So we're going to pray and then we're going to get right into it. Holy Spirit, we need you. We need you in this hour. We need you. We need to operate in faith. We need to trust you like Abraham trusted you. And all the men of faith that are and women of faith that are listed in Hebrews 11. Lord, increase our faith. Holy Spirit, lead us to Jesus as you as you have been uh doing with the word of God I ask you Holy Spirit that you lead us back to Jesus and the Father 
to teach us how to walk by faith and to let go of our unbelief. Let your presence fill this place. We thank you and we give you praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. And so there's several scriptures that we're going to look at as the Holy Spirit wills. Numbers 14. So let's get right into it. I want to talk to you. So on Friday, you know, after I preached the message, um, I was grieved. I was grieved if people wanted to know, if people want to know what or why um, I felt the way I felt or I was looking the way I looked. When you have a burden, when you have the burden of the Lord, um, my burden is equal to like Jeremiah's. If you've ever studied Jeremiah, you know, the Lord showed me these scriptures about me and what I was called to do in Jeremiah um, to build up, tear down, pluck up, uh, uproot, um, and plant. Um, and so when the burden of the Lord is on you for his people, um, it's hard because when you preach a message like you did and not everybody gets it and you know in your spirit and you know by the spirit of God that not everybody got it, it grieves your heart because we are talking about eternity here. We, ha we are called to walk by faith, to live by faith. So if we don't, we don't have anything else, you know? And so I, um, I know there were many, there were many, many, um, that didn't get everything. The thoughts come to mind. She's not talking to me. Thoughts come to mind. I don't want to be vulnerable and say, I have unbelief. This mask we put up, we put up mask when we come to church. We know how to pretend, but we're really not pretending because we're a praying church and we see, we see what the Lord shows us about our, the, the people that he has entrusted to us. So we're not just about preaching to you and then going to sleep. It's a burden. It's a burden. The Bible says, like Paul says, my, I, I want to present God. You, I want to present you to God as a chaste virgin. So this burden, it's a burden. It's not just, you know, especially here, there's a spirit that we call it the Tulsa spirit, the spirit in Tulsa that we you know there's many things that have come out of Tulsa, a lot of doctrines, a lot of heresy, every, there's a whole hodgepodge, a mixture. And this regular, this religious spirit now is on Tulsa where everybody thinks they're okay. Everybody thinks they've got the word. They've got the rhema word. They've got, you know, in every denomination, all of that. So we're religious and we don't realize that we're dead spiritually. The Bible says we're supposed to be dead to our flesh and alive to Christ, but many are dead spiritually 
and alive in their flesh. So they think they're okay. They think they're, they could come and pretend and keep these masks up. You know, you're offended, but you're still smiling. All of that stuff. And we think it's okay. It's not okay. It's not okay. So we are, we are, we are living in some serious times and there are many, and we're realizing that we're raising up the remnant. We're not raising up trillions and millions of people. We're raising up the remnant because the road is narrow. It, it never, it never got broad. The road is narrow. And so the Bible says few be that find it. And I want to be numbered at the few. I want to be numbered the few. I want to be not, I don't want to do all of this, preach to you, sing to you, write songs. You know, I'm always thinking, you know, you write a song, you sing a song, you, you put out this, you preach this. But I'm like, are my ways pleasing to him? Am I, I'm seriously thinking about eternity. You know, you get older, I turn 50 in March. You start thinking about eternity more. You're like, okay, it's my, are my ways pleasing to you? And so we, all these facades, all these masks that we think we're hiding and we're not, you know, you're leaking. And so I was grieved. I was grieved Friday because I know that some didn't get it. When I preached this message on Friday, I knew that some didn't get it. And so it wasn't that I was upset. I was grieved in my spirit. The Holy Spirit in me is grieved because you are responsible for the message you hear. The Lord will bring it back to you on judgment day. And he's going to say, I spoke to you through to through minister OC. I spoke through you. I spoke to you for all these months. I should, and you're not going to have any excuse. You're not going to have any excuse. There will be no excuse. So it's sobering. I don't just preach and say, and I, you know, I, I cannot, it's a good, that was a good word. I, I, or that was great. I can't, I can't be moved by that. What what I'm moved by is a heart that is converted, a heart that is changed, a heart that is fully submitted to the Lord. That's what I'm moved by. If it's just one person, I'm glad, but I know too many people. And I don't want to be just glad about one. I mean, yes, I, I hope you understand what I'm saying. It's not that I'm not glad about the one, but I want more. I want more to come into the kingdom. I want more to be saved because there are people on their way to hell from church. So this, we're talking about unbelief, the absolute enemy of faith. You know, Pastor Narl is going to expound on faith in the next few weeks where it's going to take us to another level as first love fellowship because there's things we have to access. There are things that we have to do. And so... The Lord wants us to prepare our hearts so that when he does speak to about these about a, speak to us about these things that we won't drop the ball because we are not in faith like they like the children of Israel did, okay? So, I'm going to make available the other one um, for us to watch. 
for you to be able to watch. But um, I'm just going to kind of um, summarize and skim over what we talked about. We talked about in Numbers 14, Israel, and Numbers 13 prior to, this was when they were, you know, they were in the wilderness and God told them, go to Canaan, go to the land which I have for you. It's, it's milk and honey. It's great. Go. And Moses sent 10, 12 spies. 10 came back with an evil report, the Bible says. Did it sound evil? No. This is, I mean, it, it, so this is why I always used to be upset at God when he got upset at the man with the hidden talent, with the one talent in Matthew 25, I believe. And because I knew that was me. <laughs> I used to get like, that's not fair. I mean, he was afraid. That's not fair. Why, why would you be upset at him? Because he was afraid. And so the man with the hidden talent said, I was afraid, so I hid. Does that sound evil? He's just telling you the truth. <laughs> He's just explaining, you know, this is what I felt. I was afraid, so I hid this, and I just hid it. You know, I did nothing with it. God doesn't deal favorably with fear. As a matter of fact, in the book of Revelation, when it lists the, the, those that go to hell, the first thing it lists the first thing that is it lists is the fearful. Hell. The unbelieving is the second one. Yeesh. The fearful, the unbelieving. So he does not take too kindly. It's evil in his sight. It's evil. So they, they heard this report in verse 13. It says, um, we went to the land, and they said it's flowing with milk and honey, and it's and it's fruit. You know, this is is flowing. It has everything. It's a great land, big grapes. You know, but then instead of stopping there, they said there are giants in the land. We can't overtake. After God said, "Go overtake." So what you're saying is, God is telling you to go into the land where he promised you after taking you out of Egypt and after taking you out of slavery that he's probably putting you in a land where you will die by the sword, by these giants. And he does not care. So you're like, why is he sending us into a land with giants? Why is he sending us into a land with giants? Yeah, the grapes are great. I mean, the land is amazing. But there are giants. What? No. And so the 10 spies were like, there are giants in the land. We can't overtake them. And Caleb and Joshua are like, whoa, wait, what? Full of faith. Like, we can do this. Let's go take them. Why do they have that type of mentality? And then they're like, no, they're giants. You know, when you, when you go in doubt, and I'm, listen, I'm not preaching this at you. This is my reality. And I read on Friday, 
you know, my reality of when I realized I was an unbelieving believer, believer, because I did not trust God. I did not trust him with my life. I didn't trust him. I told him straight out. I didn't trust him. And so I'm not talking to you. I'm not talking at you. I'm talking about something that I deal with. You know what I mean? That I've dealt with rather and sometimes try to creep back. It literally tries to creep back. That spirit of unbelief tries to creep back when you're going through things or when you're believing God for something and it's not here yet. That spirit always tries to come back. You have to stay in faith. The Bible says fight the good fight of faith. So it's a fight. It's okay. But you have to stay in faith. So anyway, they're complaining and then they heard the report, the bad report. This in 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 verse tw- in um in Numbers thirteen. I put on my reading glasses here. Verse thirty-two. Ah, oh, let's go to ver- verse thirty-one. But the men who had gone of of Numbers thirteen. But the men who had gone up with him said, "We are not able to go up against the people of Canaan, for they are too strong for us." Jeez. So they gave the Israelites a bad report about the land which they had spied out, and said, saying, "The land through." which we went is spying out is a land that devours its inhabitants and all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. Then there we saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak and a part of the Nephilim. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. Y'all. And because of that three verses right there, 31, 32 and 33 of 13. The verse 14 said that all God, all the congregation of Israel raised their voices and cried out and wept. And they murmured against Aaron and Moses. And the whole congregation said to them, oh, that we had died in the land of Egypt. Oh, that we had died in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land of Canaan to fall by the sword? Our wives and children will become plunder. Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? I'm sitting here like, you know, thank God for the Holy Spirit now, right? Because... We can't even say, I can't believe they said that. How many times we do that in our everyday life? Do we not live like this, people? Can we just be truthful? We literally live like this. We literally. By the way, invite people to watch this. Invite people to listen. That you no need to hear this. We look at, look at the accusation they had against God. After seeing all those miracles, Jesus, even even when I say that, I cringe because I know in my life I have seen so many miracles. I could account to you all the miracles that I have seen, what God has done. I can account to you. I can count to you all the things that God has done for us. And yet and still not being able to believe him for other things and I'm just like oh Lord if I could just teach me how to stay in faith teach me how to stay in faith and so Aaron and Moses they were about to stone them say let's let's get new leaders hey let's get new leaders 
That's for those of you that like to jump from church to church. When you hear something that you don't like, let's get new leaders. Let me just move. Let me get out of here and, and just do me. Okay. And so it says here, um, Joshua said in um, Numbers 14, 7, and they spoke to all the congregation of the sons of Israel saying, the land through which we passed as spies is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, if the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it, us, give it to us a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord. Number one. Number one, in order to stay out of unbelief, do not rebel against the Lord. Somebody write this down. Tanisha, I see you're watching. Can you pull it out in the chat? Number one, do not rebel against the Lord. Do not be, that word, and we read on Friday that that word rebellion, which I was shocked about. I thought it would mean something like you standing up against or rebel you know like you know a rebellion but it said bitterness it comes from the hebrew word mara mara bitterness that's what naomi called herself she got bitter against god said don't call me naomi call me mara i lost my husband i lost my two sons i'm bitter i'm bitter against god i'm not don't call me that naomi anymore number one do not be bitter against the Lord. The Lord is not your problem. The problem you have is not the Lord. Rebel, being bitter. Rome, um, Hebrews 12, 15 said, be careful that you don't have a root of resentment, a root of bitterness springing up, causing trouble, and defiling many people around you. Your bitterness, you're talking to everybody about your bitterness, and it's defiling people around you. So, number one, do not rebel against the Lord. Number two, do not fear the people of the land, for they will be our prey. Do not fear. Fear causes you to do some crazy stuff. Ask me how I know. <laughs> Ask me how I know. Ask me how I know. Fear causes you to do some crazy, 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 crazy things. Causes you to do some crazy things. So fear will bring you out of alignment of your faith. You're afraid. I'm afraid, so I hid my talent. I'm afraid, so I, I wasn't being truthful. I'm afraid, so I'm af uh, I don't want to be vulnerable. I don't want, I'm afraid of what people are going to think about me. Fear shuts down faith. Number three, their protection has been removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Number three, the Lord is with you. You know the reason why you can only go into that land is because the Lord is with you, right? Like you cannot do this without the Lord. You, he's with you. 
He has to be with you. The Lord is with you. If the Lord is with you, you don't have to fight a battle. You just have to trust him. But the Bible says, but all the congregation said to stone Joshua and Caleb with stones. It says, but the glory and the brilliance of the Lord appeared at the tent of meeting before all the sons of Israel. And then it's then God starts complaining. How long will I deal with these people? Let me just give you new people. And so. This there's a an imploring that I have in my spirit to implore you to change the way you behave and the way you think about God, about his people, about his leaders. Change the way. That's what repent is. Change your mind, right? You change your mind. You turn away and you go a different trajectory. If there are things in your life that are still going the same way, you have not changed your trajectory. Write that down. If things are going the same, same old, same old, you have to change your trajectory. I'm trying not to preach. I'm trying to I'm trying to reason with you. If hear me, Jesus Father, let them hear you. If your trajectory, if the route that you are going and you're going through the same stuff, you have to change your trajectory. If you keep going the same way, keep making the same decisions and you end up in the same result, you've got to change the trajectory of where you are going in order for you to see results. God says, I'll just give you new people. I mean, that's how angry he was. He's like, I'm just going to give you new people. Let me just start over. And Moses, with the great high priest, Jesus Christ, telling you, you should read Hebrews. The great high priest, Jesus Christ, is interceding for you. Hebrews 4. He is the great intercessor. He is the priest after the order of Melchizedek. He is the one that is contending for you. That's why I was grieved on Friday because I feel I'm praying and asking the high priest Jesus to contend for you. I don't know how else to pray for you. I don't know what else to tell you. I'm just grieved in my heart that if you do not change, you will die in your wilderness. And you will not meet God. You will miss the promised land. And some of you think it's just, oh, it's just a, a matter of, you know, me being in a little disobedience. No. For a lot of you, it has to do with your salvation. Because unbelief cannot the Bible says in order for you to please him, you have to have faith. You have to have faith. 
faith is not an option. In order for you to even receive the kingdom, in order for you to go to heaven, you have to have faith. You can't go to heaven any other way. There's the, you, you, the Bible says Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Do you understand? And, and I'm, I'm not saying, let's hear what I'm saying. I'm not trying to not harp on sin. But at the same time, the Bible says Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. It didn't say Abraham, Lord, you come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I'm a sinner. Da, 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 da. Amen. The Bible says, if you confess with your mouth, but it doesn't stop there. Believe in your heart. <clears throat> confess with your mouth. Believe with your heart. <clears throat> And I'm, I'm my throat. Uh, I need some water if you can get one for me. But confess with your mouth. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Romans. I want to turn to these scriptures. Tanisha, if you can write the scriptures down because I'm trying to save time. And I'm thinking everybody knows these scriptures. But most people have no basis of their walk with God because they're not reading their Bible every day. So in Romans, it says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God had raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. That's what it says. It says here. And look at this in, in Romans 8, 15. It's it says, thank you. It says. Um, for you have not received the spirit of slavery leading again to fear of God's judgment, but you have received the spirit of adoption and as sons, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. And then it talks about um, if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, the word of faith brings salvation. It's the word of faith that brings salvation. It says here. For Christ is the end of the law, Romans 10, 4. Mm. Ooh. So basically, this is talking about Israel and how they tried to establish their righteousness based on works. When God gave them the laws of Moses and the laws, the ten, you know, all of that, it was to make them realize that you cannot see. You cannot do this righteousness on your own. So Romans 9 is talking about that. Romans 10 is talking about that. So it's saying in verse 3, for not knowing about God's righteousness, which is based on faith, and seeking to establish their own righteousness based on works, they did not submit to God's righteousness. For Christ is the end of the law. It leads to him and its purpose is fulfilled in him. Christ is the end of the law. For granting righteousness to everyone who believes. Look, did it say for everyone who says, okay, I'm going to turn off my computer and no longer watch porn. Okay, I'm going to not curse anymore. Okay, that's how I know I'm saved. No, 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 no. 
It says, for those that believe, for granting righteousness to everyone who believes. That's why Abraham is our daddy. It's our ancestor. It's our father. Abraham is our father because he believed God and his righteousness was his his belief, his faith was counted as righteousness. I want to say that over and over again. His faith was counted as righteousness. His faith, his faith, his faith, his faith. Not our works, lest any man should both. For by grace, Ephesians 2, 8, 9. 789 or 6789 for by grace you are saved through faith and not of yourself not of yourselves it is a gift of God not of works lest any man should boast our faith is what justifies us the righteousness which is which is based on faith for verse um Five says for Moses writes that the man who practices the righteousness which is based on law shall live by it the man that practices righteousness based on law that's how you will be judged and you will be judged and the judgment is death spiritual death you will be judged by it but the righteousness based on faith which produces a right relationship with him, says the following. Do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down. Or who will descend into the abyss? That is to bring Christ up from the dead, as if we had to be saved by our own efforts doing the impossible. But what does it say? Oh, I'm getting excited. I'm getting excited. Romans 10, 8 says, but what does it say? The word is nigh you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word, the basis of faith, which we preach. People, the word of faith is not a denomination. Stop dumbing down the word of God. And when you hear the word of faith, you think of a denomination. Or you think of rhema. That shuts your brain off. This was not invented by Rhema. And Papa Hagen would say, tell you the same thing. He did not invent this. They started calling those that believe in the word of God and the faith message, which we needed. We needed that in that dispensation, in that time. That's why the Lord allowed it. And, you know, not allowed it, but that's why the Lord raised up people like Papa Hagen to teach us to walk by faith. And others that God raised up. It's not a denomination. Okay. The Bible says here. The word is nigh you. In your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith. Which we preach. We are supposed to preach the word of faith. The gospel in its entirety. Includes the word of faith. And every time I even say it. It grieves my heart because when we say it, our minds immediately goes to a group of people that we've watched on TV. And that's where we we literally lose the battle because we've pieced and piecemealed and parceled out 
the word of God instead of accepting it for what it says. It's right here. This is the word of faith which we preach. Then verse 9 says, because if you acknowledge and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, recognizing his power, authority, and majesty as God, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Hear that? Then it goes to 10 and it mentions the heart first. For with the heart, a person believes in Christ as Savior, resulting in his justification. Look at that. You are justified by faith. You are justified by faith, not by works. Everything flows out of your faith. Your works, you not going to that computer and watching that stuff, it flows out of faith. Understanding that I'm justified by faith. I am cleansed by faith because I believe God. I have the ability to walk in holiness. Hmm. And believe, da, da, da. for with the heart a person believes, resulting in his justification, that is being made righteous, being freed of the guilt of sin, listen to this, and made acceptable to God, and with the mouth he acknowledges and confesses his faith openly. So many people have made confessions, but it wasn't faith. It wasn't, in, in, in the Hebrew said, it wasn't, what's the word? It's in Hebrews. It wasn't fueled by faith. Their, move, their movement, it, there's a particular, if you know the word, type it out. It wasn't mixed with faith. That's what the word says in Hebrews. They did not mix what they knew with faith. You have to mix it. You have to mix it with faith. You got to mix what you know with faith. Okay? It says, and with the mouth, he acknowledged and confesses his faith openly, resulting in and confirming his salvation. Verse 11 says, for the scripture says, whoever believes in him, whoever adheres to trust in and relies on him will not be disappointed. For there is no distinction between, verse 12, Jew and Gentile. For the same Lord is Lord over all of us. And he is abounding in riches, blessings for all who call on him in faith and prayer. Then verse 13 says, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord in prayer will be saved. But how will people call on him in whom they have not believed? And how would they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher? And how will they preach unless they are commissioned and sent for that purpose? Just as is it, it is written and forever remains written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things, good tidings. Listen to this. It's talking about Jews. But they did not all pay attention to the good news of salvation. For Isaiah says, who Lord, who has believed our report? Isaiah 53, 1. So we've heard this quoted. When I was growing up, it was Fred Price. At every ending of his program, Romans 10, 17. For faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. 
and in the Amplified it says, so faith comes from hearing what is told and what is heard comes by the preaching of the message concerning Christ. This is why we preach. So when I preached on Sunday, I mean on Friday, and some, some didn't hear, I was grieved. Because some didn't hear because it wasn't mixed with faith. It wasn't mixed with faith. So my heart was grieved. My heart was grieved. Because I don't want anybody to miss God. He said, and, and, and I want to read it again so that you won't say I didn't say it. He said, be careful that you don't have huh, Hebrews 3, 12. Take care, brothers and sisters, that there not be in any one of your wicked, unbelieving heart, which refuses to trust and rely on the Lord, a heart that turns away from the living God. If you are wicked and unbelieving, the Bible says, the Bible says, the Bible says, you will not make it into heaven. I don't care if they preach to you um, hyper grace or once saved, always saved. Hear this word. Can't be wicked and go to heaven, people. So we've got to get out of this thing where, you know, when God is talking to us as Christians, we think we've got a, 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 a sailing ticket. We just sail and we're cruising into heaven. No matter how we live, we're just going to just do the judgment seat of Christ. And, you know, he's going to take care of us. And, you know, the wood hay stubble is going to happen. But if you are here, if you are here and you're dealing with unbelief and your heart is hardened, said, do not harden your heart like they did, how they provoked him in the, in, in the wilderness, in the rebellion. He didn't even call it in the wilderness. He, he, he said, do not harden your heart as when they provoked me. God is talking. This is in New Testament, Hebrews 4. So you can say this is, uh, you preach in Old Testament. You preach in Old Testament. Verse 15, while it is said today, while there's still an opportunity, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your heart as when they provoked me in the rebellion in the desert at Meribah. They provoked, he called it a rebellion in the bitterness of their heart. They rebelled against me. If I were you, if I think about that, I'm like, I don't want to rebel against God. I don't want to rebel against God. I don't want him to view at me as somebody that rebels. You know, everybody doesn't preach Hebrews, which I don't understand. You know, and I'm going to give you a good I'm going to give you a good word, but I want to read to you the peril of falling away. Hear this. This is a warning. I'm almost done. The peril of falling away. Therefore, let us get past the elementary stage in the teachings about the Christ, advancing on to maturity and perfection and spiritual completeness, doing this without laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. You see what we're doing? We should be past this, first love. We should be past this. There's so much more we have to do. 
We can't keep laying this foundation again and again and again, over and over and over. Repentance from dead works and a faith towards God. This is basic 101. 101, what we call in college. You know, you only have to take the 101s first, 106, everything in the 100s in college, and then you go to 200s, and it's a little bit more harder than the numbers go up. We're still in 101, y'all. And we will do this, proceed to maturity if God permits. God is not permitting us to move from this because there's many of us that are still in unbelief. Listen to this. This is a warning. For it is impossible to restore to repentance those who have once been enlightened spiritually and who have tasted and consciously experienced the heavenly gift and have shared in the Holy Spirit and have tasted and consciously experienced the good word of God and the powers of the age of the world to come. And then having fallen away, it is impossible to bring them back again into repentance. Since they again nailed the son of God on the cross for as far as they are concerned, they are treating the death of Christ as if they were not saved by it and are holding him up again to public disgrace. For soil that drinks the rain, which often falls on it and produces crops, hear this, useful to those for whose benefit it is cultivated, receives a blessing from the Lord. This is why when I preach, I want to see something cultivated. I want to see something grow out of it. You, we don't want to just preach and say, wow, that was a great message. What in your life has shifted because of the message that has been preached? Soil that drinks the rain and produce, it produces crops. Outside right now, we didn't have a lot of rain in, um, you know, in, uh, in this summer. So the crops kind of struggled for many reasons. But I'm using this example. But now it rained like for last week and this week. Now tomatoes are sprouting up. Everything is happy. It's, it cracks me up because it's like all the plants, I hear them. I don't know if it's in the spirit. Like, yay, party, there's water. So now we're seeing flowers everywhere. Now we're seeing all of this, but it's about to get cold. Where you won't be able to grow. It's about to get cold. Persecution is coming. Do you understand that Israel that is at war right now, I saw a video of these young people, young adults, at a rave, 6 a.m. in the morning. They were partying all night. I don't know, raves, I don't know when it's supposed to start. I guess it's an all-night party. And they're dancing. I mean, some of them look like they're high. They're on drugs, probably hookah, all that stuff. And in the air, y'all, I wish I could show these things. In the air are terrorists on hang gliders with guns about to come in and they're just partying. They're just, they're just doing literally while danger is coming. There's a time where you won't be able to grow and you will have to use what you already have in you to survive the persecution that's coming. 
And if you don't do anything with what we are preaching to you now, what you already have, the Bible says, will be taken from you. So these are warnings. Don't think you are not in danger of falling away. If you think you stand, take heed lest you fall. But it says, in, this is proof that your faith is working. That there's soil. I'm going to read that again, verse 7. Hebrews 6, verse 7. For soil that drinks the rain, which often falls on it and produces crops useful to those whose benefit it is cultivated, for whose benefits it is, cultiv it is cultivated, receives a blessing from God. So when you're producing in that soil, you receive a blessing. It said, but if it persistently produces thorns mm, and thistles, it is worthless and close to being cursed, and it ends up being burned. That's the reason why I'm grieved. Because the scripture says, seeing, they don't see. Hearing, they don't hear. Lest I turn and heal them. So if you're seeing and you don't see, and you're hearing and you don't hear, that means the word is not being implanted. The word is not being implanted. You're seeing, you don't see. That's why it talks about, Jesus talks about the word of God being planted and then thorns come up and steal the word or it just the seeds fell on stony ground. The seeds fell on the, uh, ground that wasn't cultivated. So it just washes away. So every time we preach messages like this, it just washes away for people. It just washes away. It just, and so I cannot sit here and rejoice like, oh, I just preached a good message when I know people are not converted in their hearts. I can't. I can't. I can't rejoice. I feel like crying all the time because I'm like, oh, my God. It's like there's a dread in me. There's a dread in my heart. Like, I can't. People are not hearing. They no longer have a... Their, their ears are not, they're the deaf and that's why we pray about a deaf and dumb spirit. Because some of you can't hear because there's a spirit stopping you from hearing and seeing yourself. You know? And so, you know, there was nothing to rejoice about when I, you know, when I preached the message Friday. I was, I was grieved. Because the Holy Spirit was grieved. And I don't want to rejoice over just a few that heard it. I want to rejoice because all heard it. I want it to be like the good ground. And then it says, it's not just that it was heard, but then it starts springing up 30, 60, 100 fold. You see in Hebrews 6, it says when it's cultivated, it's a then you get a blessing from God. When it's cultivated, you get a blessing from God. But when it's not cultivated, when it's not, when it doesn't produce, when it doesn't produce fruit, you lose what you just got. 
And so these are the things. I don't want you to lose it. I want you to stop looking at us as humans. And, oh, this is OC. And that's why, you know, you know the reason why, you know, they, they harp on titles in church. I mean, for some years, arrogance. No. The reason why they harp on titles is because people have become so common with you. When you joke with people, that's why I'm careful about how I joke with people now because I made a mistake of, you know, you hobnob and you laugh, but they don't, you know, our generation was taught how to honor. So although I may even have somebody that's younger than me that's over me, I know how to honor their voice and not say, oh, I went to Bible school and they're over me and I don't know why I'm listening to them. And so the reason why I love us don't hear is because we've made the, our, our leaders' voices common. We view each other as buddy-buddy, and so we don't hear the word of the Lord. And you don't understand that that person that's speaking to you is speaking as a voice of God to you. Because he said in Romans 10, how can they hear without a preacher? So God is not going to just do audible He's going to use people to speak to you. So you have to honor the voices that God has put in your life and stop ignoring the voices that God has put in your life as leaders. We're not abusing you because we're correcting you. It's not abuse. Because you lose your blessing because you're viewing Pastor Nyral is common or me is common or the leaders that we have over first love is common. You think they're your buddy, buddy. You don't know the line of honor. So I, I, I want to read one more thing. And it says here. Um, Jesus fed the 5,000 and then fed the 4,000. Okay. Lord, do you want me to, he keeps bringing back something else. And I want to, I want to read this. It talks about, um, Jesus was talking about, you know, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the scribes and, <laughs> and, and the disciples like, is he talk? Because they forgot to get bread. They were going to the other side. They were on the boat. They forgot to get bread. And they're like, <laughs> he said, beware of the leaven. And you know, yeah, and I know I'm like that sometimes. Sometimes I'll just go left field and say something that may be prophetic or whatever. We may be talking about something completely different and something that's said triggers a word of the Lord or triggers something for me to say. And But the disciples were like, is he saying beware of the leaven of the Pharisees because we have no bread? <laughs> Jesus said, I always tell y'all if, 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 if there's a question being asked, he's going to be like, did you not, when the 5,000 was being fed, did you not see me feed the 5,000? 
how many baskets were left over? And I could see them answering like kids, 12 or 13, whatever. And then when, when I fed the 4,000, how many baskets were left over? Seven. And you still don't understand? That's literally what Jesus said. He's like, do you honestly think I'm talking about the bread that y'all forgot about? Is your heart so hardened that you cannot understand? It's like Jesus expected them to understand what he was saying. He expected it. But he was so merciful and explained, you know, the parable of the sower and all of that after the people left. But he's like, have you not been, have you not been with me? Do you honestly think I can bring bread now? <laughs> but do you honestly think I'm talking about bread because you don't have bread to eat? Really? What? He said, and you still don't understand? And you still don't understand. He's like, I don't. What? Listen. Oh, look, look. Jesus walks on the water. Okay. He walks on the water. You guys, Mark is, Mark will tear up your whole faith. Okay. He said, Jesus immediately insisted in Mark um, 6, 45. Jesus immediately insisted that his disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side of Bethsaida. Bethsaida, because he was, while he was dismissing the crowd. And after he said goodbye to them, he went to the mountain to pray. Now, when the evening had come, the boat was in the middle of the sea, and Jesus was alone on the land. Seeing the disciples straining at the oars, because the wind was against them, again, at about the fourth watch of the night, 3 to 6 a.m. is the fourth watch, 3 a.m. to 6 a.m., he came to them walking on the sea and acted, that, act, and acted as if he intended to pass by them. But when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost and cried out, Ooh! for they all saw him and were shaken and terrified. But he immediately spoke with them and said, take courage. It is I. I am. Stop being afraid. Then he got into the boat with them and the wind ceased as if exhausted by its own activity. Mind you. Earlier in, in Mark, he was sleeping and the winds and the waves <laughs> were blowing and they got scared. Then, verse 51, then he got into the boat with them and the wind ceased as if exhausted by its own activity and they were completely overwhelmed. Why were they overwhelmed? Does this sound like you? Does this sound similar? Because they had not understood hmm, the miracle of the loaves, how it revealed the power and deity of Jesus. But in fact, their heart was hardened, being oblivious and indifferent to his amazing works. Many of you are oblivious and indifferent to God's works. That's why you're in fear. That's why your heart is hardened. He said, your heart is hardened. And let me read to you the heart of a man. Same thing in Mark. After he called the people, Mark 7, 14, after he called the people to him again, he began saying to them, listen carefully to me. All of you hear and understand what I am saying. There is nothing outside a man such as food, which by going into him can defile him morally or spiritually. 
But the things which come out of the heart of a man are what defiles and dishonors him. And then he says, if anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. You see how he's harping on that? I need you to hear this. This is why I was grieved because I need, we need you to hear what God is saying. When Jesus had left the crowd and gone into the house, his disciples asked him about that parable parable. And he said to them, are you too, are you too so foolish and lacking in understanding? Do you not understand that whatever goes into the man from outside cannot defile and dishonor him? Since it does not enter his heart, but only his stomach, and from there it is eliminated. See, it's proof that you're supposed to use the bathroom correctly. <laughs> Just want to bring that out there. Eat the right things. He said, by this, he declared all foods ceremonially clean. And he said, whatever comes from the heart of a man that is what defiles and dishonors him. Now listen what's in the heart. So this is, this is the last thing I'm going to talk about. And this is where I want you to peruse all week. If these things are in your heart, if you don't see any of this in your heart, fast and pray. It says whatever for from within, that is out, out of the heart of men, comes base and... M malevolent is that how you say that male i always say malevolent malevolent <laughs> malevolent thoughts and schemes acts of sexual immorality thefts murders adulteries acts of greed and covetousness mind you he's talking to christians wickedness deceit unrestrained conduct envy and jealousy slander and profanity, arrogance and self-righteousness and foolishness, poor judgment. All these evil things, schemes and desires come from within and defile and dishonor the man. So, when he said, and this is the scripture, I was talking about where he was talking to them about that passage that I'm reading from was Mark 7, verse 14 to 23. <clears throat> Mark 7, 14 to 23. So now in Mark 8, remember I was talking to you about the hardness of their heart when they were saying, you know, they forgot bread, they were going away. They aborted the boat. Let me read it, okay? Verse 8, verse, I mean, Mark 8, verse 13. Leaving then, he again boarded the boat and left for the other side. Now the disciples had forgotten to bring bread, and they had only one loaf with them in the boat. Jesus, re Jesus repeatedly ordered them, saying, watch out. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. They began discussing this with one another. Is it because we have no bread that he said this? Jesus, aware of the, this discussion, said to them, why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread? You know, the irritation that I feel when I read this 
is the irritation I feel for my children or when they were children or Lydia Joy or the children, period, when you tell them to do something and they have no understanding. <laughs> that's, that's, Jesus is talking to children. It's like this. It says, why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread? Do you still not see or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Though you have eyes, this is what I was talking about. Though you have eyes, do you not see? And though you have ears, do you not hear and listen to what I have said? And do you not remember when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000? How many baskets full of broken pieces you picked up? They answered, 12. And when I broke the seven loaves for the 4,000, how many large baskets full of broken pieces did you pick up? And they answered seven. And he was saying to them, do you still not understand? That's what I was feeling on Friday. Do you still not understand? And many of us still do not understand. You see that frustration Jesus had? By the Holy Spirit. Same frustration. I'm asking myself, do they still not understand? Do they still not understand? So it wasn't being upset at anybody. It's called grieving the Holy Spirit. And we've made... The presence of the Lord, because we because we worship in a house, doesn't mean that this is not a church. They did this all over. So we have to literally train ourselves, if you're not there, that this is a holy time. This is a place and a time where the presence of the Holy Spirit is. And we can't be lackadaisical about his presence when he's speaking to us. Are you understanding? What God is saying. Do you not understand? So today. This whole week. Please. Search your heart. I gave so many scriptures. So many things for you to search your heart with. Romans 10. Are you in faith? Or are you in works? Are you just working for God's approval? Are you just working? You can't. This thing is by faith. It's not by our approval of you getting approval for the works that you do for God. It is by faith we are saved. So wherever you are, let's bow our heads and pray. Can you play without faith? It's impossible to please the Lord. It's impossible. It's impossible to please the Lord, people. Without faith. It's impossible to please Him without faith. We have to walk in faith. When you're struggling in your faith, be like the man that told Jesus 
Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Help my unbelief. Oh, I want to sing this song so bad, but for many reasons I can't. But this faith moves mountains, sets the captives free. Without faith, it's impossible to please the Lord. As you bow your head, I pray, Father, that your people will live and walk by faith. Understanding it's impossible to please him without faith. I want to please you for believing you for the biggest of things. I remember when the Lord told me, O.C., you're not praying anymore. You're not asking me for things anymore. And the reason why I wasn't asking was because I didn't believe he would answer me. That I wasn't good enough. That I wasn't clean enough. That I didn't pray enough. So I stopped asking. Like a child, when you ask your parent, and you know, I came from a family, you know, we would try to do stuff, and all we heard was no. And some of the no's were legitimate no's to protect us. But when you're used to hearing no so much, you just don't ask God for anything. And then you have to retrain yourself to ask God for stuff once again. I pray that you trust him enough like a little child to take care of you and supply all your needs and love on you and heal you and heal your heart. Without faith, it's impossible to please the Lord. I pray, Lord, that you will give us the ability to trust in you. Oh, for grace to trust you more. Thank you, Jesus. I pray that you will minister to your people as they hear this message over and over again to trust you in a deeper and stronger way. We thank you and we give you praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for First Love Online Church. Thank you for supporting us. Thank you for praying for us. There's so much more that we have to do for the Lord. And we are asking you that you support our work, support what God is doing so that we can take these messages to the ends of the earth, so we can plant churches to the ends of the earth. Not churches in massive buildings, but in the living room where there is no lack. Everybody has everything that they need. Every budget is met. Every need is taken care of. I pray in the name of Jesus that you will minister to your people to bless First Love Fellowship. If you want to give, you can give at wearefirstlove.com or we, again, it's wearefirstlove.com or you can give on the Church Center app. Many people have the Church Center app because they've attended other churches and other churches use it. Um... But you can give there at the Church Center app, or you can give at um, you can give online at wearefirstlove.com, or you can give on the Church app for those of you that have it. We need your giving. We're collecting funds for uh, North Carolina RD.
we have, you know, things to take care of here. So please ask the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart. Never withhold when you know there's a need. And we need the support. You know, the, the one body that you're watching now, we had, we had to increase the bandwidth so that we can go live again, you know, and have more room to do so. Those all cost money. So we need your help to help us do this. Be led by the Spirit of God in your giving. Ask the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says if you know there's a need and you have it and you don't do it, it's not right. It's a sin. So if you have it to do, bless the work of God so that we can continue bringing out the messages of Jesus Christ to the lost, to the lost that are in church especially, and the lost out there. We thank you for joining us. Thank you for being part of the First Love Fellowship. And you can join us for prayer on Tuesdays from 9 p.m. to 12 a.m. Central Time. We go live on One Body. Join, grow, grow your faith. We're going to continue to pray about this. Increase my faith, Father. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you next time. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening. Your generous support enables us to continue to fulfill our mission to win the church to Christ through unceasing prayer, intentional discipleship, and missional living. You can offer additional financial support by texting 918-300-4680 or by going to our website at wearefirstlove.com. Until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of Jesus, the Son of God, our Savior. Always remember your first love. He gave himself to